Thank you for listening to the Grace Harvest Church podcast. For more information, go to graceharvestchurch.org. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. I bring greetings to you from Texas. Um, I'm originally from California, like you said. Um, we don't in Texas. We don't tell people that. Um, in Idaho, you don't do that either. Okay, and. Uh, we lived in Georgia for seven years in Tennessee also, and uh, so I tell people, you know, we're, we're from the south, uh, but, uh, but we're originally from the hood and uh, from Oakland, California, born and raised, and uh, thank God for our journey and thank God for uh, just divine connections and relationships, and that's what we have here going on, and we were talking in between services that it's so fun to be in an environment and in a church in a moment where you know you're supposed to be there and that God is up to something big. Can somebody say that with me? God is up to something big. Amen. Look at somebody beside you and tell them God is up to something big. Come on, tell somebody. And, uh, and so it's so big. It's so big that eye has not seen and ear hasn't heard, neither has it entered into your heart what God has prepared for you. And so it's super fun to be here in this environment. So there was a reporter who went to this particular house to do an article on an 85-year-old woman who uh, married her fourth husband. She was a widower. And so the first question that the, the reporter asked her was, well, what does your, your new husband, what does he do for a living? And she said, well, he's a, he's a funeral and so, and so she, he was curious now. It's like, what did the other three do for a living? And she said, well, my first husband, he was a banker. And we were very wealthy, and we, it was really great. And then he passed away, and then my second husband was a circus ringmaster. And it was so fun because I got to travel with him, and we went all over the place. and was just entertaining. We were laughing all the time. And then he passed away. And then I married a, an, a traveling evangelist. And we went all over the world and saw people get saved all over the world. And then he passed. And now, you know, this, this uh, reporter is just curious, like, okay, they did this for a living. Like, why did you marry these ones? And she said, well, I married one for the money. <laughs> and two for the show. Yes. And three to get ready. And four to go. <laughs> all right, I'm just seeing who's awake up in here. Are you awake? Okay. Now, in my church, when I pastored in Oakland, California, my church was about 75% African-American. And so one of the things that we love to do is be interactive. And, uh, and so can somebody say hallelujah? hallelujah? Can somebody say praise the Lord? Can somebody say thank you, Jesus? Okay, there's an amen in this room somewhere. Okay, good. Now, I had a woman. She sat in the third row, and she wasn't, she wasn't churchified. She, she didn't know the in-house lingo. You know we have in-house lingo, right? How you doing? Well, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you had a really bad week and you've had a bad attitude, okay? But, uh, but, 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 but you know, you, we have the, the Christian lingo that we talk, right? It's Christianese. But uh, she didn't know that, so she came to the service, and so she didn't know, you know, how we, you know, people saying amen while we're preaching. So she would just, when it got good to her, she just said, shoot. <laughs> and so we're just going to release that in this room here today. There's an amen. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Somebody say shoot. Okay, good. That's, that's good. So here's the plan. I'm going to read a verse. We're going to read a verse together. 
and we're going to pray, and then we're going to make a prophetic declaration, and then see what happens. Does that work? I like to, like to just tell you the game plan up front here. We're going to read a verse and see what happens. I have a short amount of time because we're going to minister prophetically, but we're just going to jump right into it. So I might start talking really fast because I've got to give you about, you know, a whole hour's worth of sermon in about 20 minutes, okay? So we're just going to speed it up. But um, if you could stand with me, make me feel at home, and for the reading of the word, and we're going to read from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is an interesting name in the Hebrew. I'm, I'm a Hebrew nerd. I'm a, I'm a theology nerd. Actually, I'm getting my doctorate on May 21st. And uh, so I'm super excited about that. And, uh, but my, one of my master's degree was in Old Testament historical studies. So I find myself preaching about 80% of the time from the Old Testament. I think it's a little bit of my grandma and a little bit of Kevin Connor because, you know, he's like, you know, what's in the old concealed is in the new revealed. And so I just like mystery. I like story. And uh, so I love to look at that. But the name Jeremiah, Jeremiah means Jehovah is rising. And God's raising up a company of people he wants to rise up through. And that's what this house, Grace Harvest Church, the church that I'm actually just, we're, we're moving to Austin in the next week or so um, to take this church, is also called Grace. And so I was like, this is just so timely. I get to go to a church called Grace and then bounce over and start pastoring a church called Grace. And uh, so it's super fun. Grace, Grace, shout Grace, Grace to it. That's right, Zerubbabel. And, uh, but uh, Jeremiah means Jehovah is rising. So this is just after God speaking to him and dealing with his limitations of his youth. Each one of us have different limitations. We're like the woman with the issue of blood. You might not have an issue of blood, but you might have had issues, and God wants to deal with them. But he was dealing with his issues, and this is the word right after that. And so I want you to read after they start scre stop screaming. We're going to read... <laughs> Jeremiah 11, verses, verses 11 and 12. Are you ready? Let's read together. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? Can I just put in there, Grace Harvest, what do you see? Grace Harvest, what do you see? In fact, put your name there and just say, Patrick, what do you see? Put your name there. Come on. What do you see? And I said, I see an almond branch. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well. Here's what God's speaking this weekend. You've seen well. God's open up your eyes to see something and you have seen well. For I am watching over my word to, I'm watching over my word to perform it. Don't sit down. Get your prophetic bony finger out and point it in somebody's face and tell them you are about to experience breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough because what you went through did not break you amen be seated be seated be seated you are about to experience breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough because what you went through did not break you can i speak it Sorry, I, I'm, I'm getting fired up here. Um, you're about to experience victory after victory after victory. You know, there's a scripture in Habakkuk that says, if I told you in advance what I was going to do for you, would be utterly astonished. And that word astonished in the Hebrew doesn't just mean astonished. It means astonished, astonished. It means amazed, amazed. God is going to blow your mind one more time and it's going to blow your mind in such a way where you're going to be amazed, amazed. 
Because you're about to experience victory after victory after victory. Do you realize in the book of Joshua? Oh, you want me to start rhyming? No, no. Do, do I rhyme? Do I rhyme? Do I have permission to rhyme? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I don't. You be you, boo. <laughs> well, but let's go with that. Today, we're going to enter into something entirely new. For what you have gone through has prepared you to accrue a future that is ready and due. For many are called, but the chosen are few. And I thank God that he's chosen you and you and you and me too to enter into a season of pressing through. So I don't know about you, but I'm not going to remain blue, but I'm going to bid adieu to what is untrue because I'm about to experience what is about to debut. Can somebody say, yeah, boo? Yeah, boo. Okay. Is that enough? Is that enough? Is that enough? Okay. There's more. There's a lot. So, all right. Adversity is God's university and how he adds a verse to me. So you knew a verse before, like no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But then you went through some adversity and some weapons were formed up against you. And so you went through the school of spirit. Andrew Murray called it the school of spirit. And that's God's university. And that's how he added a verse to you. There's some verses that are your verses. There's some words that are your words. It's not just words out there, words in the scripture, but they actually are something that you live. Whoo, come on, somebody. The number 35 in the Hebrew, and I shared this with the, the leadership the other night, is a very interesting concept because you take five, and I, I, my wife is, um, we've married 25 years in this last March, and we went for our anniversary, we took a tour of people to Israel, and uh, she is a Schindler, and her great uncle was a historic figure named Oscar Schindler, and so there's great favor over in the country because of that, and uh, with the nation, I mean, her mother was just last week in the nation with the Knesset and with Netanyahu in a private meeting um, out on the Mediterranean, and, uh, and so there's just great favor over there with the nations, the nations in, in Europe, in the Middle East, in different places. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's fun to go with her, actually, to be honest with you, because, you know, you just, they, they, we get doors open that you just don't normally get just going on a, on a tour to the Holy Land, right? Uh, but um, we, were, we were there for our 25th anniversary, and, uh, and, and it was really powerful to be there in the Holy Land to experience uh, the shalom of God. We took, took this tour. In fact, you got you got to come. You got to come with us. <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna have a, an amazing time, um, you know, in in the Holy Land. But uh, what was I saying about that? I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh, thirty-five. So thirty-five in the Hebrew is an interesting number because five, the letter hey is five, and it speaks of a window. And then the number 30, of course, always speaks of maturity, but maturity leads to authority. And so, and so you put the two together, hey, lamed, and you have the number 35, which speaks of looking through a window of authority. And then you take the number 35 in the Hebrew concept, and it speaks of expectation. So you put that all together, looking through a window of authority with expectation. 
See, God's causing this house to look through a window of authority. There's an authority that God has given you in the spirit in this region. You are occupying spiritual territory. That's why it's funny, funny when we go to pastor's meetings and the, the, the question everyone's asking is, well, how many are you running? Well, I'm not running nothing. What we need to realize, because it's not, it's, it's not a locker room. We're not in a locker room when we go to a pastor's conference. What it is is we're, we're, we're in an environment with, with a whole bunch of people who all occupy different types and different places where they occupy spiritual territory. And we're stewards in that area and in that region. And so when God says, I've given you authority, Jesus said that the Son gives authority. The blessing comes from the Father. The authority comes from the Son. And the power comes from the Holy Spirit. Blessing, authority, power. But looking through the window of sonship, of authority, with expectation. You see, this weekend, this is what this is all about. God wants you to look into the window of the future of what He wants to do in this house and in this city and in this region. He wants you to look with expectation. You see, God is renewing expectation. David said, understood it very clearly in Psalm 62, where he said, my expectation comes from the Lord. My expectation doesn't come from my plans, my ideas, my resources, my energy, or anyone else's. My expectation comes from the Lord. And so you've stepped into 35 on this weekend. And God says, I'm allowing a fresh expectation to come upon you. You see, you're in a moment, it's like the kid in the park, right? He's in the park and he's reading the book of Exodus. And he's like us, he's, he's reading the, 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 the scriptures and he, he gets excited about his scriptures. He's reading, he's like, amen, thank you, Jesus. And he's sitting in the park, and, and as he's sitting in the park doing this, there's a man who walks by, and he's wondering why the kid is yelling out in the park sitting on a bench. And so he says, hey, kid, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading the book of Exodus, and I'm reading the story of when God opened up the Red Sea for the Israelites to go over on dry ground. And the man who was not a Christian, he only believed in science. Thank you, thank you. When you know, you know. <laughs> he, says, he says to the kid, he says, well, I want to tell you something that science has discovered about that time in history. They have discovered that during that time that the Red Sea was only about, in that region, was only about 16 inches of water. And so the kid's like, okay, and so this man... He feels like he just, you know, told the kid something. And so he walks away feeling good about himself. Takes about three steps and even louder. The kid yells out, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. And the guy like turns. He's like annoyed now. He's like, now what? What? And the kid says, you know what? God is greater than I ever thought. Not only did he allow the Israelites to go over on dry ground, but he drowned the entire Egyptian army in only 16 inches of water. 
You see, I'm going to tell you something right here. In this season, in this house, in your life, in your marriage, in your finances, in your children, God is going to prove himself greater than you ever thought. He's going to, come on, greater than your enemies, greater than your foes, greater than your struggles, greater than your sickness and diseases. God is going to prove himself greater than you've ever thought. Can somebody say, shoot? I mean, there's a sense, and Joel and I have been talking about this, and, and Lindsay, we've been talking about it all weekend. We've been here, and it's like, there's a sense of destiny. See, sometimes you're in a place, you can be in a place, and you just see the same old, same old. You're watching the grass grow. You know what I'm saying? And it just seems like nothing is changing. And it's like, how long? Anyone ever prayed those kind of prayers? How long? What's up? What you doing? Did you forget about me? Have you prayed those kind of prayers? Those are kind of crazy prayers, but they're real. Sometimes it's not as articulate, you know, our Father who art in heaven. You know, with your cathedral, New King James, King James Version tones. You know what I'm saying? With the language, we beseech you, O God. You know, it's like, sometimes it's like, what's up? You ever prayed a prayer like that? I mean, you didn't have all the intros and the outros right. You know what I'm saying? Just, hey God, G-O-D, do you see me? What's up? Two people prayed that prayer. Everyone else is just, okay, you got it. You're just like, oh, what's up, God? And it's in those moments where God says, I'm going to prove myself greater. And we stepped into a weekend. There was a moment where we just felt like destiny is on this house. God's up to something really big. We made a declaration last night. Things are going to be different. Sometimes you have to, you have to speak it. Because in the kingdom, how things work is through your mouth. you got to speak it. What did Jesus come? He was the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he came as the Word. And so we have to take the Word and speak it and declare it. And so some of you might have to just look at your spouse today and just tell them things are going to be different. I'm going to be different. You are going to be different. Speak over your children say, you are going to be different, says the Lord. You got to go back to your house today and just make announcements in your rooms, in your house, in the living room, in the kitchen. Things are going to be different. Might have to step out of the house and walk around the neighborhood and say, things are going to be different up in this neighborhood. Somebody might have to go to work tomorrow and get there a little early and start making a declaration. Things are going to be different. And they're looking and saying, what are you doing? Oh, God bless you. Hi, how are you doing? Things are going to be, you are going to be different. Somebody needs to walk around this city and just declare things are going to be different. And make a prophetic declaration over this place. We've made a statement in this house this weekend. Things are going to be different. The word of the Lord is going to come to pass. Let me pull something from Isaiah and then pull this Jeremiah thing. And then I don't even know what time it is. I'm already over. 
It's the second service. You're the happy service. Do you know why you're happy? Because you slept longer than the other guys. Just going to be honest with you. You had something to eat. They didn't. They, their blood sugar. They're in the first service. Their blood sugar is like, whoa. They need something. Get something in them. Get an apple, something, orange juice, something. Please help them. Isaiah chapter 2, the prophet makes this, starts beginning to make this announcement that the mountain of the Lord's house was going to be established above all the other mountains. And there was going to be this phrase that's going to take place in Moses' lake. Come and let us go to the house of the Lord. And there he will teach us of his ways. And we will walk in his paths. Who is saying this? It's not the church. It's the mountains. It's the spheres of influence. There's a revelation that if we're going to get what we need to get and do what we're supposed to do, then we got to get to the mountain of the Lord's house. And you get to verse 4. And there's a very interesting phrase. And I want to I lay this down with this and connect it to Jeremiah and then start prophesying over people. You ready? He says these words. There's coming a moment as this progression takes place where the word of the Lord is being taught and people are walking in his ways, that they will beat their swords their plowsh their, their, in, into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Swords, plowshares, spears, pruning hooks. See, some people, you need to have an answer for the previous season, and here is God about to give it to you. Because you ask why you have gone through the fire? Anyone ever ask that question? It's like, it's like Psalm 66. We went through the fire. We went through the flood. You allowed the men to ride over our heads. But I love it in the King James. Thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. But we had to go through the fire to get there. Sometimes you have to go through it in order to get to it. And you don't sign up for it. But that's where adversity is God's university and how he adds a verse to me. You don't sign up. There's certain things you don't sign up. You don't volunteer for. Hey, you know, we get to suffer. You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's, that's just not, that's not where you're coming from, right? You're just, you're just at a point where it's like, God, what are you up to? And you ask, why the fire? And here's the reason for the fire. Because God's changing your shape. You have the substance, but he's changing your shape. Because in one season, you were a sword and a spear. You were war instruments. But God says, I allowed you to go through the fire, and I allowed the blow of the hammer of the word. Jeremiah said, God's word is like a hammer that breaks the stone in pieces. His hammer comes down, and through the fire and the hammer, he reshapes you from a war instrument into a grace harvest instrument. And so why the fire? Because you have been reshaped. Why the hammer blows? Because you have been reshaped. 
Because God's taking who you are and He's repurposing you for the hour that you're stepping into. Somebody say amen. amen. Okay. Now, watch this. Plowshares, pruning hooks. Plowshares represent the beginning of the harvest process, grace harvest. The plowshares is breaking up the fallow ground. Judah shall plow. The plowshare has to go in deep. My grandma used to say, and the higher your hands go, the deeper the plow goes. And the plowshare goes in and breaks up the fallow ground. The pruning hook is on the other side of harvest. Somebody's catching what I'm saying? It's the time frame where you've gone through the plow, the plowing, the planting, the waiting, the waiting, the waiting, the waiting, the waiting, the waiting, the rain. Seed must go down to the ground and die and abide alone. Some of you, you've put that seed into the ground and you've been asking how long. The waiting, the waiting, and then the budding. Something pops up out of the ground, spouts up, and then it buds, and the waiting, and then fruit develops, and then it's time for the pruning hooks to come. In one phrase, swords, war instruments, are, watch this, turned into the instruments that are used from the beginning to the end of harvest. God covers it all in one statement. Jeremiah, what do you see? I see an almond branch. The word almond is very interesting in the Hebrew because you can also pronounce almond as the watching branch. It's interesting, isn't it? And he says, I, God, I see a watching branch. I'm watching a watching branch. I see an almond branch. And God says, good job, Jeremiah. I'll pat you on the head. Here's a cookie. You did a good job. You've seen well. Because, watch this, I am watching. I don't care how long it's been, how tiring it's been, how exhausting it's been, how wearisome it's been. I'm watching over my word. When God sends out his word, Isaiah 55, he watches over it. He watches over his word. What he sent it out to do, it will do. It will be performed. It will not return void. Can I speak to somebody up in here? The word of the Lord that's been spoken over you will not return void. But it will come back to you with a statement on it, with a stamp on it that says fulfilled. It will come to pass. And I got news for somebody who needs to hear this in this room. And you will see it come to pass with your very own eyes. 
And it's interesting because God uses the almond Because the almond is the first of all the trees to turn green. And it's the last of all the trees to lose its leaves. God says, I'm watching over the entire process. From the moment where there was plowing to the moment where there was harvest. To the moment where the leaf, first leaf came up. To the moment where the last leaf fell down. I watch over it all. Why? Because I am the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. And I got an announcement. getting ready for the prophetic time. <laughs> Got an announcement for somebody up in here that God is going to perform His Word in your life and in this house and that this weekend is a moment where prophecies and promises and words that have been spoken that have been hanging over you are about to be released right before your very eyes.